Hey everyone, welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas, and today we are talking all about schooling at home and how to navigate this new world that so many of us are facing right now. And I am here with my dear friends and women that I look up to and are, in my opinion, homeschool or school at home pros, Melissa Selecki and Jennifer Robinson. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. You guys can say hi. Hi, guys. And me, Lindsay. Hi. Hey. Thank you so much. So... I asked them actually pretty last minute because I've spoken to so many women who are really struggling already, who are just starting in this, and also women who are like trying to work while also trying to homeschool. So my heart with this episode for our listeners to understand is just one, we're all kind of in this together, which just brings me a sense of peace. And I hope that it does with you, that there are references and resources and just places that we can listen or go to that will help to guide us. And I wanted the podcast to be one of those resources for you. So I did a little Q&A on my Instagram. And so we're going to kind of just go through and either of you, Melissa or Jen, you guys can talk, speak up. If one of you has something to say and the other doesn't, totally fine. But if you both do, then that's awesome. And just we're just getting a variety of perspectives. So let's just start. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, how long you've been homeschooling. Okay. Well, I have four girls and we have been homeschooling for the entire schooling period for both all my kids. So we started when my oldest was in kindergarten. So this will be our 11th year homeschooling. Wow. Okay. And And, uh, what's been the process? Have you enjoyed it? Well, okay. So I never wanted to homeschool. I was never like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I did go to school to be a teacher and I taught in public school for several years. And then when my oldest became ready to go to school, I had this panic attack of like, oh, I can't send my baby to school. We were moving to a new town as well. And so I didn't feel comfortable putting her in that school system. And so I just kind of felt like God painted me into a corner and was like, hey, this is what you're going to do. And I thought, well, it's just kindergarten. I taught kindergarten. I can do this. So we'll just do it for one year. We'll get settled and then she'll go to school. So we did that first year and I was like, well, that was kind of fun. Maybe we'll do another year. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then I became like that stereotypical homeschool mom. Um, So now now I am like the biggest fan and I love it. And it doesn't mean that there's not hard days. That doesn't mean that the school bus doesn't drive by and I long for my children to be on it. Um, But I am thankful for the time that I've gotten to have with my kids. And especially because we've adopted I think that has really helped in our bonding process with our kids too, yeah. to be able to have them at home and have them acclimate and bring you know our kids together and our family together. And so it has really served us well. And then with my husband being bivocational, he works as a pastor full-time and also he works at the hospital. And so for us to have the flexibility of homeschool where we can spend time together in a more flexible way where we're not just stuck to that weekend, mm-hmm. that's usually when he's working and he's busy with church stuff. We're able to have flexibility during the week and just throughout the year to spend time as a family and invest in our family in a you know a less traditional way, but in a way that benefits us. Yeah, I love it. What about you, Jen? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your journey. Okay, so we have two boys, 10 and a half and 12 and a half, and we're going to go into our ninth year of homeschooling. And okay. with schooling, I was really nervous. Because my husband works weekends, so he's in sales and then he's part-time pastoring. And so 
he works weekends. And so the traditional school model just wasn't going to work for us. So we tried doing full-time homeschool for kindergarten. I loved it. We did a curriculum that I loved, which was a lot of worksheets and coloring and a lot of drawing and stuff like that. But with boys, well, our boys especially, that did not work for them. Mm. So halfway through our second homeschool year, my oldest son (laughs) said, Mom, every time you give me a worksheet, I just want to throw you out of the house. And I knew, <laughs> okay, this is not this is not going to work for us. <laughs> and so I was praying. Like I knew that we didn't want to send him to school, but I didn't know what we could do yeah. in place of it. So we were praying. And there was another school that popped up on the radio we were listening to during one of our homeschool sessions. And it's a part-time homeschool, part-time private school. So they go to school two days a week. And then we homeschool the other two, day, two days a week. And it works perfect because they kind of have the curriculum laid out before you. They have links. You're in constant communication with the teachers. And so it's kind of a nice balance. So we could still have family time when Brandon was off. My husband, was, he's off during the week. And then we still have structure with the school. Yeah. Then providing the curriculum. Because that was my biggest struggle was trying to find curriculum that would work for the boys And what's funny is God's really used it to deepen our relationships with them, even though it can be really hard at times. Mm -hmm. The studying, the lessons, all of that, that kind of roots us deeper in our relationships with each other, because I'm a very busy, task-oriented person. And so it helps me to slow down. And it's just kind of weird, because sometimes you think homeschooling is for just the child, but really it's kind of for the parent too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you both have a little bit of different experiences where, Melissa, you're full-time homeschool. Mm-hmm. Jen, you have the kids at home and then at school because so many of us obviously going into this, some schools are having kids once every other week or they're having them every like a certain amount of days and then they're home. Yeah. So it's a good mix. And I am just prayerful and hopeful that this really blesses, encourages those of you, no matter what you guys are doing as listeners with your children, because we're going to figure it out together with a whole lot of faith and a whole lot of grace. (laughs) So we will jump in with questions based off what you guys sent on Instagram. So the first one I think is really relevant and a great way to jump in is how to start the day. How do you prepare yourself for the morning? Do you start first thing as soon as you open your eyes or do you do it after lunch? Is there a certain time structure that you have? What does that look like for each of you? So this is going to be my my big disclaimer is it's going to be different for every single family. Hmm. Yeah. So whatever Jen and I say is going to be what works for our family and, and the mm-hmm. structure that we have within our families, we are very relaxed. I mean, some would say lazy. (laughs) We do not rush to get up. You know, I'm not like, okay, it's 7am. We're going to get up and we're going to get ready. and We're going to start school right away. I mean, I would like to pretend that I'm that way, but I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. So we have like a general time when we get up and we, you know, we'll have breakfast and it depends on what we have going on during the day too. Cause my kids do take outside classes. You know, there's so many great resources within the homeschooling community, like co-ops or community centers, you know, different things like that. So depending on what we have going on during the day, but a typical day, we would get up, we'll have breakfast together. We typically do chores. And then we start with like Bible together. We'll do like our devotional time together. And then we kind of start the day from there. But that actual start time will vary. Like if we've had a late night, if we had like a WANA the night before or sports the night before, maybe we're not starting as early in the morning, but I would say like the, the most important thing is to have like to have structure and routine, but to have great flexibility in that. Because if mm-hmm. you're like, okay, we're going to start every day at 830, you're going to be so disappointed by day two, when you start <laughs> yeah. at like 845. So whatever that looks like, like maybe you guys are early risers and you're like, get up and go. Maybe your kids are teenagers like mine. And it's a lot more of like, get up, get up, get up. Okay, really, you guys need to get up. So just whatever works for your family. Yeah, I totally agree with that. We have, (laughs) we're kind of where we have a lot of structure or we throw the structure out of the window. We're kind of a little bit black and white on one side. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because I loathe mornings. I loathe them with everything inside of me. Like I've been trying to like mornings my whole life and it's just not worked. But (laughs) at the same time, I know I have to get up. Yeah. It's mornings are evil, but I know I have to get up for us to finish everything Mm -hmm. for that day for the most part. So most of the time I'd say like 75% of the time we have an alarm set. They have the boys. I get the boys up at the same time for the most part. And then we eat breakfast and we'll do Bible time during breakfast. And a lot of times it varies. So there's something that this, the school will provide that we'll go through a, a portion of scripture and have a catechism question. But sometimes we'll follow along with that and sometimes we won't. Sometimes we'll go through a book of the Bible together, reading just one or two verses and then just discussing them. And I find that if we start our day off putting the Lord first, it really helps. But there are days that it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't set the alarm or, or we overslept or I set the alarm and hit snooze like 14 times because I just didn't want to do today. Yep. And then sometimes everything just kind of falls apart from there. So most of the time we have to stick to some kind of structure. And I have a mama checklist that I have the boys check. So at the end of school, you know, we've checked our list. Did we have, you know, did you have your quiet time? Did we go through our scripture? We have a little thing called private prayer time where we all have a little closet in the house and we go up, set a timer for five minutes and they go and pray. And a lot of times our oldest... I'm sorry. Can you say the ages of your boys? And then Melissa, can you say the ages of your girls just so everyone kind of knows? Oh yeah. So Evan is 12 and a half and Micah is 10 and a half. So my four girls, Autumn is 11, Bridget is 12, Naomi is 13 and Kaylee is 15. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jen. I just wanted everyone to know where you're at. You've all been doing this since the kids were tiny, but just to get a general idea of age range. So they go to their prayer closets. Yeah, so they'll go to their prayer closet for like a little five minute, just time to talk with the Lord. It's not like you have to pray for this. It's just, hey, this is your time to talk to God about whatever you want to talk about. And there's several times throughout the school year where we're having a hard day. And one of the boys will say, I need to go have private prayer time. I need to go up to my closet. And that's helpful. And it's a a good way for them to lean on Jesus in the midst of homeschool, which can be really difficult at times. So anyway, but overall, we, we try to stick to a structure that we can follow. After they do two subjects, they can have a little 15 minute recess. If they do three, they get a 20 minute recess. And it just helps to keep all of us on track. I have to set an alarm when to make lunch because we'll get so sucked into things that it'll be like 2.30 and we'll have not eaten lunch. Yeah. So for us, we have to have some kind of structure or it just kind of gets a little too chaotic and kind of falls apart at times. So I'm curious. But curi- like Melissa was saying, you have to be flexible though. And you can't, like if you have a bad day or your structure kind of falls off, you can't beat yourself up over it Yeah. because yeah. that's just life. Yeah. And I'm curious, and this was a few asked by a few people as well. How do you homeschool with multiple kids? Do you allow Jen, Evan, and Micah, Melissa with your girls? Do they have, because there are some younger, some older, that some do longer school, or do you keep it even timed with them? How does that work? Well, with Evan, now that he's in mid school, it's a little bit different. So his, his school usually goes longer for the most part because his assignments are different and he's especially mid school it's just a different kind of beast that he's tackling yeah but when they were both in elementary school they both were able to read the same literature book and there's like the younger one's assignment was just not as long like oh you write two sentences the older one writes four sentences you know Mm. so I think that's the, the way the school structures it you can do a lot of the things together which is nice. And I know with a lot of other homeschool moms, you can just kind of base it on the grade and how much of a workload you want to give, but still be teaching the same, same subject. Okay. You know, the same, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. not saying it clearly, but. I know what you mean. So basically you're saying you're kind of teaching similar things. Like if you're doing math, right? Is that what you're saying? You would do it around the yeah. same time and they, but they would do their own version of it for the same amount of time or until they finish. Right. For the, Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What about you, Melissa? Well, and we try to group subjects together that we can. So like we group Bible together. For several years, we were able to group like science together. They all do their own like personal reading time, like with literature and stuff. So like we would have like, you know, 
personal reading time. So that's kind of together or read alouds where I would read to them. We would do that together. Some of the history could be done together. And the assignments that I gave them might be different versus, you know, like with Autumn and Bridget, if we were reading a book, I might have them like color a page or write a, a short response, like a chapter response. But, I, you know, Naomi and Kaylee might have to do like a bigger portion of work. Yeah. But we try to group like subjects together because when they were in elementary, mm-hmm. it didn't really matter what science we did. We could all do that together. But those other subjects that we have, like language arts, math, those are going to be leveled. And so they need to work on that on their own. And so we just try to do what we can together, what they need to do separately. And then we stagger stuff as well so that there's stuff that they could work on independently. I have them, like Autumn will work on her reading by herself while I work with Bridget on something else that she needs help with. Okay. And so that way we touch on everyone as well. And so it's just kind of like a balancing act. You know, sometimes it works out really good. Sometimes, you know, someone's just sitting there picking their nose and waiting for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not perfect. It's a dance and every day, you know, is, is mm-hmm. different. But if you can put things together, like my kids all love stories. So they all enjoy mm-hmm. the read alouds. Even Naomi, she's in eighth grade. Last year, we were reading Where the Red Fern Grows to the Younger Girl. <gasps> who would creep in and she would listen because she loved it Um, you know or tuck everlasting or whatever so they still my big girls still love that too so you know don't and if it was over the little ones heads like when we were doing read alouds and it was over autumn and bridget's heads when they were younger i would just have coloring sheets for them or put out legos and they would still take what they could from it but Mm -hmm. then they were also still participating and they were still there yeah Okay, that's read allows us have been some of the sweetest things that we've done. We did red, Where the Red Fern Grows a couple, I think two or three years ago. And I was bawling my eyes out. I will and never the boys are looking at <laughs> like, no, the boys are looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, what is yeah. wrong with you? How are you not crying right now? It was Richard just, and I were hysterical. Where are you? I've never read that her. book. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It's a tearjerker. I can't even talk about it. Okay, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Man, an old man. It was. It was the sad. I cry a lot at the read alouds that we do. Me too. I was like sobbing. Like last year, we read The Little Princess, and it was from Micah's class. And Evan had his own because once you go to sixth grade, they're reading literature on their own, so you're not doing the read alouds with them anymore. But Evan would always sneak in and listen because he likes he loves the stories too. But Micah was my younger one. He was so offended because he's like, I don't want to hear about a little princess. This book is going to be terrible. And it was one of the best books we ever read. And we took, we got so many lessons out of that book. Those are probably my favorite homeschool moments with the boys, though they're the ones I dread the most because, you know, they, you get a book and then you read a chapter, usually a chapter a day. So for a four-day homeschool week, which we do, it's four chapters a week. So if you forget one day, the next day you need to read two. two. Or if you forget two days, you need to read three. And so it can weigh on you if you don't stay up with it. And so if you get behind, it's, it's awful. But if you stay on the one chapter a day, it is so amazing. Oh. And we have the best memories and assignments that come with it. And the best kinds of lessons come with those kinds of books. Well, and I love that you guys are speaking positively about this because I think that there's maybe an underlying sense of dread because a lot of people have been forced into this position, maybe willingly or unknowingly and have this, I don't know, just a hesitation about it. And so just that reminder is so good of like the relationship that can be built. And I like what you said at the Mm -hmm. beginning as well, Jen, that it's not only just for them, it's for us as parents too, to have that experience with them and to grow in patience and perseverance and all those things that trials can often bring. But talking about all of that, one thing that I wanted to say, and this is not homeschooling, and so I'm not sure if it's totally relevant, but it's something that helps in our home is not doing like you both, Melissa and Jen had said, not doing like wake up at 830 and start getting this done. For us, it's like blocking time. Before lunch, we will do the dishes, read a book, give a couple of things, go jump on the trampoline. After lunch, we will do this. And so it's not so structured and before dinner, but like there's a little bit of 
blocking so that you know, okay, I want to accomplish these things, but I'm not going to give myself a set time because that so quickly leads to defeat. Mm -hmm. So that was just a thought. Yeah. Too much structure, the enemy gets a foothold. If there's too much routine, the enemy will get a foothold and then use it to condemn you. Yeah. You're, you're with not within your 30 minutes. How are you going to get this done? There's, I feel like there's, cause I really thrive and enjoy structure, but I've noticed it can be my enemy. Sometimes it mm-hmm. can be a source of condemnation and like, Oh, we, we didn't nail this subject or we had to do math for two hours today instead of the 45 minutes that I've allotted for math. And it's just, that's not the way the Lord moves. A lot of times, you know, we have to go with his flow and not necessarily the schedule that we come up with ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So true. Okay. So we will jump to the next question. A few people are asking, how do I transition a space for homeschooling when you don't have any extra rooms? For me, I might have to use my kitchen table. How do I make it a productive space? And then somebody else asked, what is the importance of having that school space? I don't know if we can make it happen. Would you say it's important to have a designated space? And if it is, what can they use to do that? So- we actually have a designated schoolroom, but that's because that's how my mind functions. Like I needed a space where I was a classroom teacher and I'm like, I wanted posters and I wanted to like display their work. And, you know, I wanted to have all the, I wanted to have a classroom. My friend, Sarah, that I do homeschool homies with, she does it at the kitchen table and they have like a shelf in, the, you know, the dining room. Yeah. Again, it depends on the family. I would not say that you have to have a designated classroom. Because honestly, now that my kids are older, we homeschool all over the house. They're out reading on the trampoline. They're, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on the couch. They're, you know, out in the hammock. You know, they're doing math at one table and one kid goes out somewhere else, whatever. The only thing I would say is making sure that you have a, a place for your stuff. So if you have a designated mm-hmm. spot for your materials, that way you're not like wandering around the house like, where's the history book and where's the math book and whatever for like your supplies in your book. But you can school whatever. I mean, the beauty yeah. of this is, is you have such flexibility and you are not trying to replicate public school at home. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling is completely different. And I think there's even space and grace for parents to spend like maybe even a month like de-schooling where you aren't focused on like, oh, let's get all this stuff done, but let's just learn to enjoy each other. Let's play board games. Let's read books. Let's go for nature walks. And there's so much value and learning in those experiences as well. And you're learning how to reconnect as a family and learning how to spend all day together as a family. Cause that's the biggest thing I hear. Like parents will be like, wow, you homeschool? Oh, I could never spend like all day with my kids. And me, I'm like, I can't imagine not because this is my normal. So like you said, like I had the choice to homeschool. I sought out the curriculum. I sought out to do this for my family. So many families are not in that position. So taking that time and that space to kind of like decompress and figure it out, there's value in that. Mm -hmm. And there's learning in that as well. I think we get so caught up in thinking that learning only happens at a desk out of a textbook. But there's so much that happens like you break down what's happening like during board games, there's problem solving, there's turn taking, there's relationship Mm -hmm. building, there's, you know, logic, there's all these skills, right? And you can have so much learning within that. You go on a nature walk and you see a flower that you've never, you know, you don't know, take a picture of it, you research it at home, you paint a picture of it, you know, whatever. There's Mm -hmm. so much learning that happens outside of a traditional classroom. Like you don't have to be at a desk. So you don't need a schoolroom. If you do want one and you can have one, awesome. But it's not required and you can school wherever you want. Like literally as the older my kids get, the less we actually even use our schoolwork because they are out and about, you know, wherever they need to do their work to have like privacy and quiet and sunshine and whatever. And sometimes we just pack it all up and we go to a park too, just because mm-hmm. a change of scenery, like we're having a rough day and I'm like, you know what? We need to, let's go to the park and do some school. Let's go into the backyard and do some school just to change it up as well. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. What about you, Jen? I totally agree with everything she just said. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Because we, we have a school room, but we use it less and less and less as each year passes. And even with Evan in mid-school now, the level of focus really has shot up, but the, the need to focus more has shot up. Yeah. And so sitting at the kitchen table is really what we do the most. And if I sit with him, that makes a huge difference. 
knowing like I'm there with you. We're in this together. Like I always bring some work with me. Like when we sit at the table together, like, Hey, I'm going to work too. I'm going to work next to you. We're going to do this together. It helps him feel like, okay, I can get this done. Okay. This is better. But I have noticed depending on, I know every child is so different, but in the younger years, kind of like what Melissa was saying, like, we'll do, we'll do go to the park or we'll go outside. Or we had this little tent in our school room. They could go in the little tent and they can read. And, but our kids have a hard time focusing. So we've noticed that like, as they've gotten older, we've had to kind of, okay, let's stay at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rain it in there. a little. <laughs> yeah. And then do more recesses where, okay, now you have a recess, go play, go outside, go play basketball, go play Lego, go do something where you can get some of your energy out. So speaking of recess, so, but you don't need a school school room at all. So speaking of recess, how do you handle breaks? And this is, I know, kind of a generalized question because there are so many different ages and we're going to get into littles right after this question. But right now, when we're homeschooling, when these moms are homeschooling, whether kindergarten up to high school, is it kind of like, let's just knock this out? Or like you're saying, let's say we spend an hour and then we hang for an hour. Or how does that work for you guys when it comes to needing breaks and sensing what your kids emotionally need at that time? Again, I think it, you know, it varies, it varies every day. Some days my kids are really struggling and they're tired. So I'm like, okay, we need to do some like, you know, exercise. Let's do some just dance or let's go jump on the trampoline for a while. I want to say we ever, well, when they were younger, we had like a set break time. Like we had like a more of a schedule. And so for every like 45 minutes that we were working, we would go take 15 minute break outside or something like that. As they get older, they've been able to kind of just like self-regulate and be like, hey, mom, I need a break or I need a snack. And I'm like, okay, yeah, go, you know, whatever. My older kids, you know, they're in high school, middle school, high school. They're able to kind of just push through. They would rather just get it all done. They're like, I don't want to go take a break. Or my younger ones are still like, yeah, we totally want to go jump on the trampoline for half an hour. I'm like, that's fine. As long as we have the time and the space to do it. But you can kind of tell, you know, I mean, sometimes they're just starting to get squirmy or they're tired or they're disengaged. I'm like, okay, hey, let's stop. Let's put on a Go Noodle video and let's do like some dancing or, you know, a little five minute recess thing. It just varies on the days and the kids. But we also have, you know, where they have to sit and what they have to do is so flexible that, it's easier. It's not as bad as you would think it would be versus public mm-hmm. school. So like well, as a public school teacher, I mean, those kids are sitting in the classroom and they would just be like antsy for recess. But because in homeschool, they're able to move around and they're able to, you know, lay on the floor and read a book or sit on the exercise ball while they, you know, study, they kind of can get their wiggles out a little bit more freely as well. And so I find that we don't actually take as many breaks as I thought we would, as we would need to. But when they were younger, I mean, you're not doing school that long anyways. It's amazing how much stuff you can get done in an hour, you know, when they're little. And that's really all they need when they're like in kindergarten. I would think you're not doing like six hours of school. You're maybe doing an hour of school. And so they have the rest of the day to play as well. We do breaks where our kids are very motivated by recess. They're really motivated by, okay, what can I get done? So once they've completed two subjects and they can pick whichever subjects they want, So if they want to do science and music, and then they can get a 15-minute recess. If they want to do three subjects, and I kind of leave it up to them, like, how are you feeling? Do you feel like you need to rest your brain? Because sometimes they will say, I'm just going to push through and I'm going to get all three subjects done. I'm just going to do it. But then they're exhausted and discouraged. And so I'll ask them, do you really feel like you want to do three subjects or do you need to rest, rest your mind a little bit? You know, go outside, get some fresh air. So we kind of gauge it on that, but they really work well off of the system of, oh, if I get two subjects completed, I get a recess. Okay. With our oldest, he really struggled in a certain subject for about two years. And so we told him, hey, we know this subject is really hard for you. So after you finish this one subject, you can just have a recess. So it kind of encouraged him to know, okay, um, once I get this one done, I don't have to complete a second one. I get a recess because it was so hard for him and it was so exhausting for him mentally. So, but it took me years and years to gauge when my kids are exhausted mentally or exhausted emotionally. Cause I can just be like, let's get it done. And I can be like a drill sergeant. And so I've had to really like slow down and pay attention and really like gauge, okay, where are they at right now? Is this drama? Is this 
stress, like what's going on with them. And that kind of helps with how many breaks we should take. And again, like being flexible, if he's done one subject, but it was, Hey, I had to write a paper and I had to do a poster board. And it's like, okay, yeah, you can have a recess. You worked two hours on that. And that was a lot of work and you don't have to complete a second subject for a recess. So that's kind of how we work it. Okay. Perfect. That's actually really helpful for me because I've got an energetic little guy. (laughs) And okay, so speaking about littles, actually, I want to ask personally, and then there's also a ton of questions about it. One, how do you deal with the whining and the complaining that they don't want to do it? How do you navigate that? And then how do you separate the role of being a mom versus a teacher? Is there a separation and how do you work through that in your relationship with your child? Those are good questions. Those are, <laughs> I know, those are the, that's the hardest question you've asked so far, Lindsay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, that's a tough um, one. So, okay. I would say both. Both have the same kind of answer because they're both heart issues, right? Mm. With our children. So if they're whining and complaining, it's a heart issue. And if they are being disrespectful because you're like, you're not my teacher or whatever, then that's a heart issue as well. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of the beauty of homeschooling too, though, is you get time to really kind of work on those heart issues. And let me just say this. Okay. If you do nothing all year, let's say you get no math, no reading, no science done, but you just work on that relationship part and you work on those heart issues with your kids, you will have succeeded a hundred thousand percent because I started homeschooling. I kind of started to make a goal. Like, what are my goals for this? Like, what do I want out of this? And what do I want for my children? And when I really thought about it, my goals were not academic. Now, yes, I want my kids to know how to read and write and all that. But my goals long-term for my kids are not academic goals. I don't need them or want them to be the smartest, but I do want them to be kind. I want them to love Mm -hmm. Jesus. I want them to know how to take care of themselves and how to take care of others. And we have learned that and been able to cultivate that in our family because of homeschooling, because they have to help each other out. They have to learn patience because mom can't always go help them right away. So, you know, then they start to help each other. Oh, mom, I can help her with her math while you are finishing with, you know, spelling or whatever. And so in the beginning, it was really hard. We had to set up those routines. We had to set up those rules. And so we did have a lot of whining. Like, I don't want to do handwriting. Handwriting is hard and it's not fun. There's a lot of fun stuff we got to do in homeschooling, but there are some things that you can just not make fun. Handwriting is really hard to make fun. Grammar, multiplication facts, like there's just some stuff that's going to be hard and they just have to do. So it was just kind of like, hey, you have to do this. And like Jen, it was like, but hey, when we get through this, we'll go take a break and we'll jump on the trampoline or we'll go make a snack or something like that. So sometimes it's just about having that external motivation or reward. Like, okay, I know that this is no fun, But once we do this, hey, we get to have like this fun thing after that. And also scheduling like those things that are going to be hard at the right time of the day. Like I know for my kids, if we can get math done first thing, there's less whining. Mm -hmm. But for other families, math Mm -hmm. is better done after lunch because then they're they're a little bit more tired and they can focus more. So it's kind of just figuring out your groove with your kids. And then the whole teacher mom thing. It's the same, I think. I mean, yes, I'm their teacher, but I'm also their mom. And so that relationship dynamic kind of overlaps. And we've had some some behavioral things and some, some discipline issues. But again, it's not because I'm mom and teacher. It's because our hearts were in the right spot. And so then we're able to take time and reflect, well, why aren't you listening to mommy? Okay, what are you frustrated with? Okay, and then we're able to get to the heart of those issues and pray together and you know go to scripture and stuff like that. So- both the whining, both the the teacher roles and all that, I think they're the same answer is Jesus, right? And then yeah. maybe like a secret stash of like candy in your closet <laughs> at the end of the day. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But, the, you know, it's just about just cultivating those relationships. And it is going to take time. And especially if your kid is coming out of public school and then you're starting to homeschool, I think you're definitely going to have more of that. Whereas with us, we always homeschool. So I've always been my kid's teacher. So they're like, oh, that's just the way it is. But when you're coming mm-hmm. out of public school, and that's why I think too, just having that that grace period of a couple weeks to just kind of adjust and work on that dynamic rather than like jumping in full force of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Giving yourself both that grace to kind of like ease into it and figure it out because it is going to be a transition for everybody. So mm-hmm. allowing your kids a time of transition as well, because they're having to retrain like, oh yeah, your mom 
and teacher. Whereas my kids have always been like, oh yeah, mom is the teacher. Mm. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's good. That makes you, a lot of sense. Hey, I just want to mention for any parents that are stressed out about handwriting, there's a really good curriculum out there called Handwriting Without Tears. And that's what the, our school has used for the whole time we've been there. And it's amazing. Now, I'm not saying that my children do not complain about handwriting, because <laughs> they have, but there certainly have not been tears, and it's a really fun way for kids to learn how to write. They have these cute little, like, jump and little helicopter. It's, how it's old fun. does it's that really, start, Jen? How old can like, they Like, all the way from kinder. Yeah. I think it's kinder all the way up. I'm pretty sure. Oh, cool. It's a great curriculum. Anyway, I want to mention that really quick. So, we tell the boys very frequently, like, especially as they're getting older, like, school is your job. This is your job. Just like when you're an adult, you're going to have a job. And it's, it all kind of ties into having working hard, having a good attitude, creating a good work ethic. And so a lot of the lessons that we learn in school kind of ties back to character, kind of like what Melissa is saying. That's what really matters. It's not even if you go to college or you don't go to college, what really matters is, you know, you're doing what God has called you to do right. and what God wants you to be. And you're mimicking his character. Regarding whining, stuff like that, we definitely issue consequences. We definitely have consequences that we will pull out for heart issues and for, you know, bad behavior, stuff like that. But then we also have where we had, we had an M&M jar. So, hey, if you finish this and you do a really good job on it, you get an M&M in your cup. And I know that bribing your kids with sugar is not always the best thing to do, <laughs> but they loved the little like tinking sound and they worked. loved like, yeah. it totally worked. <laughs> they love, they love the different colors. Can I pick the M&M color that I can have? Yes, you can. One of them would always pick all the blue ones. One would pick one of each color. And, and so I think having a good balance of consequences and rewards, kind of having not one extreme or the other, but a balance of both, which I learned, have learned and still am learning actually <laughs> with that. And then making it fun. So what my oldest and I were talking just about chores the other day, he's like, I just hate having to do my chores. I literally just hate them. And I'm like, okay, well, what chores do you hate? Well, I really hate doing the dishes. I'm like, okay, well, what can you do to make it fun? What can you do that will make it more interesting? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you're very creative. We can try to think about it. What if you listen to a podcast while because he loves adventures and odyssey. So he'll put that in. He goes, oh, that helps. Mm -hmm. And then the other day, hey, I'm spraying off the dishes with the sprayer, and that makes it more fun. So homeschool is very similar to that. If it's a subject they really hate, try to find some ways to make it more fun. I know like most people, even if you're not a homeschool mom, know that kids love projects. A lot of kids like the hands-on kind of things. So if they have to do a worksheet, maybe do a little project before they do the worksheet that would tie into that subject that kind of brings their attitude up, makes them kind of excited. Okay, now let's write on the worksheet what we just learned about to try to engage them and start off with something kind of positive. And then I would say setting clear boundaries in the very beginning of the school year, if you can, like this is what we expect mm -hmm. when we're doing school. And these are the consequences if you don't do those things. So what, are, what are some boundaries. of your consequences? I'm just curious. Well, so <laughs> if you're willing they, to share. <laughs> oh, totally. The biggest consequence in our house right now is privileges. So if they don't do what's expected of them, things that they are very clearly laid out that they know they need to do, they lose their privileges for the day. So that means they don't have toys, they don't have technology, they don't have treats, something else they don't have, but basically privileges. So they don't have any of those things and they love their privileges. So that's a real good thing that works for them. But every kid is different. So you have to kind of find out what works for them, what doesn't. The boys also have to write sentences. Like tonight they had to write sentences because they kept interrupting Brandon and I when we were talking. They kept being rude. So we're like, okay, go get your sentence booklet. So they have a little sentence booklet and they had to write, I will not be rude to other people. I will not be rude over and over <laughs> again. So we have like different things in place. You know, or, oh, you get to go pull all the weeds in the front yard today because you chose not to. I think consequences are a big deal. And we always tell our kids, listen, in the real world, there are consequences. If you lie to your boss, there's a good chance you'll get fired. Mm. If you choose not to work hard, there's a good chance you're going to get fired. If you don't have a job, you don't have the money to pay your bills. It's all a domino effect. So a lot of what we will teach them is like, hey, because when you get out into the real world, and I know they're kids now, but the thing is, they're kids that you're training to be an adult someday. 
And so training them up as young as, you know, getting boundaries set as young as babies, letting them know like this is how it goes. It's better for them in the long run. I think. But again, we're at 10 and a half and 12 and a half. We haven't even hit the teenage years yet. So even with Sutton, I'm thinking those things like going to pick up the dog poop or, or pulling weeds or, you know, like you're saying, taking away those privileges. Cause I do, I think positive reinforcement is so big. And like you guys were talking about candy or recess or jumping on the trampoline. Those are all good things, but I'm similar in that when Sutton will act out a certain way, even though he's five, you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows when he's being disrespectful. He knows when he's being kind of lazy. And so I'll try to navigate the, hey, do you just need a break? Like, do you want to go get some water? Do you want to go to your room? Do you, because we've done some stuff over summer. I have not homeschooled disclaimer. We've done school stuff pretty much since he was a tiny little guy because I love school stuff. But when he's struggling, we will do that. But if he's really like intentionally disrespectful or anything like that, then he will have some sort of consequence. So I like that. I think both, I love that you touched on the heart issue stuff, both of you, Melissa and Jen, because that's, I mean, that really is the root of all of it. Go ahead, Jen. Oh, totally. We do a strike system too. I forgot about that. We do where they have three strikes and they lose their privileges. So if they're doing school and they're supposed to be focusing on an assignment and they veer off and they start playing with something, I'll tell them, okay, that's a strike. And I have a little piece of paper and I'll write it down. So if they get three strikes, it's basically like getting three chances, then they they lose their privileges. But then on the other hand, if they don't get any strikes, then they get a reward. which they look forward to. So it's, again, it's a balanced system where it's like, okay, well, hey, you didn't get any strikes today. You really focused. You really were intentional about using your time wisely. You get a reward. And so a reward in our house is 30 minutes of phone time or get an extra treat. Or if you get two rewards, you get to go somewhere. It's just this little system. But it does help as like a balance to the rewards and consequences. Yeah. And I think natural consequences too. I mean, especially with me having older kids, I'm like, Oh, you didn't get all your work done that you need to get done today? Ah, well, that thing that you were going to go to afterwards, like, you know, like we were going to go to the park or we're going to go do this with friends. You don't get to now. You Mm. have to stay and finish schoolwork. Like dad's going to come home and you're going to finish schoolwork with him. You know, things like that too, because like Jen said, it it is their job. And so if you don't finish your work, you know, then it still needs to be done. Yeah. And so... Natural consequences, and we use more natural consequences here. I'll try to do like reward systems when they were younger, and I would forget. <laughs> and they'll be like, "Mom, you owe us like four hundred and fifty-seven pieces of candy." I'm like, "Do I?" <laughs> um, I'm like, "How about you just like don't go to go to your friend's house or whatever?" So, and, and again, that's the beauty of it. I mean, you you find what works for your family, right. and you find what and yeah. it's going to take some trial and error. Like you're not going to. I remember when I started, I was like, "This is what we're going to do," and it didn't work. And then, you know, oh, this is what we're going to do. And it didn't. And, and through the years, we have found what works for our family. And you have mm-hmm. to find the currency for your kids. Like the currency for each of my kids is different. You know, so I mean, even when they were little and we had to discipline, I had one that I could just look at her and be like, I'm disappointed in you. And that was all I needed to do. I mean, I it was like the equivalent of like slaughtering a puppy in front of her. Like it just <laughs> was the most torturous thing in the world for just to hear those words. And Lindsay, I'm sure you can guess which one. Yes, that I was. sure can. I was gonna um, say it. <laughs> she's our babysitter and she's yeah. a gem. <laughs> and but then I had another one that I was like, it didn't matter what we did. It we could like take everything out of her room. We could, you know, whatever. It didn't matter. And she's still like, and, and yeah, what? That's Saxon. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, just finding, it's finding their currency. And that takes mm-hmm. time. And that takes yeah. relationship. And that takes patience. And mm-hmm. it is hard. It is hard. But once you get past that, it's so much better. So, I mean, it's not like homeschooling came easy right away. Mm-hmm. And even starting at the young age. It's still every year, it's it's a struggle. And every year I go, oh, I think this is it. I, I think I'm done. I, I think I'm doing a disservice to my children. They'd be better off just like being raised by wolves. Um, <laughs> every year I, I see my flaws and I see, and that's the thing too, you know, there are things that, that homeschooling is going to refine in your life and there's things oh, that so God is going to use to refine in your kid's life. But then there's mm-hmm. also a balance where you're going to have to stop and you're going to have to realize that your kid's struggle is not necessarily your fault either. 
Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be things that your kids struggle with in school that maybe are, you know, that you can help with, but there are going to be things that aren't, that you can't help with. Like, and some of that is going to be heart issues. Some of that's going to be like academic stuff, whatever. And so like the lack of, of discipline in my kids, some of that is my fault because I have failed as a mother and I haven't taught that to them. There are other things like a discipline in my kids where that is a heart issue in them. And so like praying about like what that difference is, because there are things that my kids struggle with that are not my fault. That's just their struggle. And that is something that God has allowed in their life to work in them and through them. That's good. And so balancing that out, spending time in prayer about what is your responsibility, what isn't, and giving everybody like loads and loads of grace, especially if you're new to this, mm-hmm. especially if you're old yeah. to this. Like you just need grace no matter what. One of the things that you were talking about too, when we were talking about goals, we actually sat down and wrote a mission statement for our homeschool. So like we have named our homeschool. We are Alegria Academy. We have a mission <laughs> statement. We have like a little oh. you know, crest that the kids made. That way when people ask my kids at Walmart, like on a Tuesday at, you know, one fifteen, like while we're out and about, <laughs> <laughs> we go to Alegria Academy and we're on a field trip. I'm like, yeah, um, that's what we I do. love that. That's awesome. But we, we had a mission statement and we actually have some classroom rules and they're just taken from scripture. And, you know, it's like, like do everything to the best of your ability is unto the Lord, you know, like no whining and complaining. And I can send you those Bible verses that we have like listed out on our wall. Yeah, that'd and be awesome. We just have like our mission statement too that like, what are the goals that we want? Like, what do my kids want out of homeschooling too? And we sat down and we made a poster and it was like our first day of school, like activity. Like, what are our goals for the year? What do we want to learn? What's the mission statement going to be? And that way everyone's just kind of on the same page too. And every year I ask my kids, what is something new you want to learn about this year? Like, is there something that you're interested in? We will try to pull that into our studies because if they can take ownership in it, they'll take responsibility for it as well. And so if you're just telling them like, this is what you're going to have to do, there's going to be some kickback. So like with Sutton, you know, you're saying like, oh, you're afraid like that teacher mom dynamic, give them ownership of it. You know, it's like, what do you want to learn about? You want to learn, like, what science are you interested in? Okay, let's do that. And if you give them ownership, they'll often take more responsibility for it as well. Hmm. So that good. was totally off topic. That was no, it wasn't. Topic. That was so good. I, everything you guys are saying, yeah. literally, this is probably the least I've talked in any of my podcast episodes because I'm just soaking all of it in. And I probably could talk to you forever, but it's already been almost an hour. So I'm going to close with one question. What, if any, biblical-based curriculum do you follow or how do you find the right curriculum? That's mm, all you, Melissa. Okay, so... <laughs> Here's my PSA on curriculum. You are going to be told what curriculum is the best. You ask any homeschool mom and they're going to be like, oh my God, if you want your kid to graduate Harvard in the third grade, this is the curriculum you need to do. Because, and every family is passionate about their curriculum, but that is because they have had time to use it and research it and find what works for them. So you as a homeschooling parent, I encourage you to find what you, excites you. Like, what is a curriculum that you think is doable to you? Because if you can find something that you're comfortable with, you will be able to teach that better to your kids. And now along the way, you're going to make tweaks and you're going to make changes and, you know, to your kids' learning styles or to their abilities or whatever. But the first time I looked at curriculum, I went to a friend's house and she showed me her curriculum and I won't name it. She's like, this is the best thing ever. And this is what we use. And I looked at it and I went home and I literally cried because it was so overwhelming and it just seemed so impossible and so hard to me. And I was like, this hmm. is what homeschooling is about. There's no way I'll be able to do this. And I respected this mom so much. And I was like, she's like that great homeschool mom. I have to use this curriculum. And it just, it looked t- terrible to me. It wasn't how I, I function. It wasn't my teaching style. It wasn't what I was comfortable with at all. So then after I explored a little bit more, I found kind of like what I was more interested in. I'm, I lean more towards Charlotte Mason and you'll hear a bunch of jargon. And if you want, Lindsay, I can give you a link to a video we did on curriculum. Yeah. I was going to say, if you do have something, if you have like a list of them or something, I can make sure to get access to that and link it for you guys on stories. And then I can also send it to my email subscribers. So if you're listening and that's something you want, make sure you're subscribed to my email list. It's sparrowsandlily.com backslash community. And if you subscribe there, I'll send it out once this episode airs. Okay. Go ahead, Melissa. 
there's just there's just so many different things out there. So I found that I am more Charlotte Mason, which is a lot more hands-on, like nature studies and living books. And I know that's just a lot of homeschool jargon right now, but we'll help you decipher all that. So I found something that worked for me and I was excited about it. And because I was excited about it, my kids got excited about it. Yeah, the opposite problem, Melissa. I got excited about curriculum, but my kids hated it. (laughs) But see, but then you're able to to make those adjustments, right? So as like, yeah, that's what got you started. It's about getting started. And then you're able to like work out all those kinks because not all my kids love my teaching style and I've had to learn to adjust, but Getting started, I had to find what I was comfortable with because if I tried to do what what my friend was doing, we would have failed and and we would have stopped homeschooling immediately because it would have been yeah. Well, that's for me. Literally, my mentor told me to get this when we first did homeschool for kindergarten. My mentor was like, "Hey, you need to do this curriculum. It's amazing. I did it with my daughter all throughout all of her homeschool. I was like, okay, I got it. I loved it. I thought it was so great. I'm like, this is amazing. But because both of our boys have a lot of energy and focusing for a long time is not the easiest thing for them. It didn't work for them, but it took, you know, a year and a half and I'm like, okay, this yeah. isn't going to work. And then you, but but you I, figured out your kid's learning style, like through that, yes. you were able to make Cause I didn't know before. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was a really good learning lesson. Trial and error. I agree though. There's so many oh, curriculums. God. Yeah. So, there's so much. Kathy Duffy reviews is a website that you can go to. And she has listed pretty much every homeschooling curriculum that has ever existed in, you know, eternity. And there's reviews on it. You can go to most any curriculum site and they will have samples that you can download and look at. Oh, that's cool. They have assessments and you'll want to do the assessment for that curriculum because every curriculum, the scope and sequence will be, you know, different for each curriculum and levels will be different. You know, like teaching textbooks, math is different than Saxon math. So you'll want to do the assessments and most of all of them have assessments online that you can do for free and print out as well. But really I would say find what you are comfortable with, something that excites you, and then you're going to be able to tweak it along the way. But Mm -hmm. if you were excited about it in this new adventure and you feel comfortable presenting the information to your kids, it's going to go a lot easier for you, I think. And like I said, every homeschool family is very passionate about their curriculum. So I try not to even like tell people like what I use because I don't want them to think, oh, well, she's been homeschooling for 11 years. This curriculum, you know, must be the golden curriculum. And then they're going to get it and be like, ugh, why? she's terrible. Like, <laughs> how do you even teach her kids? This, this curriculum is awful. So there is, it's so overwhelming. There's quizzes online that you can do. Like, what kind of homeschooler are you? And there's one that I give you a link for that kind of shows you like which philosophy you kind of like. Because there's oh, that's Charlotte cool. Mason, there's classical, there's unschooling. I mean, there's such a variety, but that's exciting. Like, that should be exciting. Yeah. Like, when we go to, mm-hmm. to the store, what makes us excited is, like, all the fun stuff, right? Like, when I go mm-hmm. to, I don't know, where do we go? Altered State. We went the other day, and I was like, oh, look at all the stuff. That's what's <laughs> exciting is there's so much fun stuff. Their and candles are awesome. Look, yeah, it's so much Oh, fun. they are. This is an adventure. Like, this is an opportunity for you to get to learn alongside your kids. Like, I have learned way more homeschooling than I ever did in, like, the however many years, you know, I was Me in too. college. Like, mm-hmm. I could think I could actually compete on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? <laughs> possibly. When? Like, I have learned so much getting to learn alongside my kids. And so, yes, so many families were forced into this situation. So many families families feel like they didn't have a choice and what they were going to do with their kids schooling. I felt like that when we first started, I really felt that the Lord painted me into a corner and said, no, this is what you're going to do. There are no other options. You're going to homeschool your kid. And I was like, you're the worst. I'm going to hate this. And I have (laughs) loved it. And it has grown our family closer together. And the thing is too, is we have been able to work through some really hard, like we've just had trials in life. Like we all go through hard stuff. We've had hard stuff happen in our family, just like everybody else. But we've been able to work through those things together as a family and be together. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I want just to encourage your listeners to is, is learning is so much more than textbooks. Your kids are going mm-hmm. to have relationships with each other. Your relationship with your kids is going to deepen. They're going to learn how to be responsible. And here's the thing that's so fun about homeschooling is everything is homeschooling. So yeah. when we do chores, I'm like, home economics. Look at you. <laughs> you are learning how to mm-hmm. do it. My kids all make their own lunch. 
They've all learned how to cook through homeschooling because I'm like, I'm not going to make your lunch. I'm not a short order cook. Yeah. There's too many of mm-hmm. you. So learning how to, they're learning life skills. Like, and honestly, we always like talk about adulting. Like, oh, these kids don't know how to adult anymore. They don't know how to do anything. My kids, you know, don't know how to do everything. There's sometimes I really question if they know how to do anything at all. <laughs> 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 they're, they're learning how to do their yeah, laundry right. because we're ho- we are home all the time. So they have to chip in. We have to do yeah. together as a family. But that is all part of our homeschooling experience, too. It's not separate, you know. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. And You're a team. Learning, yeah. They're learning mm-hmm. so much more about life. So it's life learning. Mm-hmm. You guys are living together. So you're learning together. And mm-hmm. there's so much goodness that happens in that space. So even if you are forced into this situation in God's sovereignty, he has allowed this to happen in yeah. his life. And there is going to be good that's going to come out of it. Amen. And even if you do not crack open one science book, your kid will be okay. Yeah. Like we had a year yeah. where we were going through a lot of hard stuff and we got no schooling done at all. Like, unless you count Netflix and Minecraft. Um, <laughs> Minecraft is actually very <laughs> challenging to the mind. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually used it for homeschool purposes. But my kids do not fall behind, you know, and what they learned that year was how to walk through hard times, how to mm-hmm. love each other, how to help each other, how to lean upon the Lord. And so just, I just want to encourage people, like, I know this seems overwhelming and it seems hard, but if the only thing that happens is that you grow closer together as a family, praise the Lord, that's awesome. And your kid is going to be Yeah, that's so good. Jen, I always, yeah, go I've ahead. always told people, everyone that knows me well, I have said this to them. I am not a homeschool mom. Like I have always owned that statement because it's not to this day. I still don't think, no, I am not a homeschool mom. Like I look at a lot of other homeschool moms. I'm like, they love curriculum. They love all these things. They, they love learning. And I'm like, I just got to get through the literature chapter. I know I'm going to love it, but I just, I got to get that book in my hands and not get on Instagram right now. Like, but this is the thing, God, when you were saying, you know, God is sovereign. And if he has you in that situation, it is for a reason. So for nine years, going into our ninth year, God has had me in that situation of homeschooling. And there's been so many blessings that come out of it, though it can be very hard. I even told another mom today, like, hey, hang on, it's going to get better. It's like going into our school, there's all this information and all this, these classes and all these things going on. And it's kind of crazy. But I'm like, hang on, because... There is a blessing on the other side of it. There has been so many blessings on the other side of the hard stuff in homeschool. And the other thing I would encourage moms is just what you said, Melissa, like it's okay if you don't get it all done. It's totally okay. Don't put unrealistic expectations on yourself. And the biggest thing that we can do as parents is set a good example in our attitude as much as possible. It's okay to have a bad attitude some days and be like, you know, I'm just having an off day. But I asked the boys today, I said, hey, like, what do you think mom is doing good when we homeschool together? And what do you think mom is doing bad? So just, just be, be real with me. And they're like, okay, well, you have a good attitude. And that kind of just sets it for us. It like sets the, the cheerfulness. And I mm. almost just bursted out laughing because I was like, <laughs> what? That I is not the, the state of my heart. Right, exactly. I'm like, what? And Micah was like, well, not all the time, mom. Sometimes you do have a bad attitude. And I was like, well, yeah, okay, good. But it reminded me, like, we set the tone. And that's something God's been convicting me of all summer long. Is like, you know, this world is crazy right now with COVID and the economy. And there's just so much unknown. But there's so much good there still. There's so much good. We have to tune our eyes to intentionally see the good, speak the good out loud. Like to the kids, I was backing out of the driveway today and I was like, oh, and I was about to complain. I said, no. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I was going to complain, but I don't need to. I don't need to. It's not necessary. It's not something big that I need to dwell on and and complain and like give my energy to the words Mm. to something that doesn't even matter. It's not a deep rooted issue I need to work through in therapy. It's an annoyance with a car and it doesn't matter. So I think like, setting our attitudes and our minds right in the beginning of the day and just saying, God help me. And then looking at the curriculum and looking at the things that are hard for them and saying, you can do this. You got this. And if they beat themselves up, Hey, you know what? We're learning. 
this isn't you failing. This is us learning. And sometimes learning can be hard, but we're doing it and we're doing it together and we're going to get through it. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you both so much for our listeners. I'm sure you guys can determine why I chose these women. And I can fully vouch for the fact that their children are like above and beyond kind and respectful and intelligent and sociable. Because I know that's always a question with the homeschool stuff of like, how are they going to be socialized? But there's so many aspects of sports and like Melissa does a wanna, and there are just so many avenues where you can choose to socialize your kids. And I know that's like a concern, but knowing these families, knowing the bonds and the relationships they have, like everything they're saying I will vouch for a hundred percent because it's very admirable to look upon both of your lives and the way that you communicate with your children, the way that you respect your children and the way that they respect you back. And just seeing that has totally shifted. I had a very, very negative view of homeschooling when I was in high school. And I feel now that I really have a very high respect for whether it's homeschooling or part homeschooling or virtual homeschooling, whatever area we're in right now, it takes a lot. And so thank you both so, so much. And for our listeners, if you guys have questions, send them my way and I'm happy to, maybe we could do a part two of this or just try to answer them through Instagram stories with Melissa and Jen at some point. But if you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast, please take a second to go on iTunes, give a quick star rating and review. And if you enjoy this episode, or if you know other mamas who are struggling or parents who are struggling, who need to hear this, please send it their way. It blesses me so much. And it also allows others to hear a little bit of hope on their Monday or throughout the week. So thank you, Jen. Thank you, Melissa. Thank Thank you. Of course. All right. Bye. Bye guys. We'll see you next Monday. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too. So don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.